0: Again, thank you so much for coming out this morning. Hopefully, uh, the service will be a blessing to you, and it has been already. We're going to not pick up where we just read. We're going to pick up from where we stopped uh, in this little story here that it's honestly a very familiar story, but but it's, uh, we're going to look at some aspects of it that are kind of unique, I think. So, we, we want to look down at uh, verse 19 Uh, As we were reading here, uh, verse 18 says, "But it, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up." Then the scripture says, "Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace." Furnace seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now we're going to continue to read, but I want you to notice this and remember this. They were bound in their coats and all their clothing. They were, they were bound up. They were tied up and they were fully clothed. had all these things on and they were bound. Therefore, because the king's commandment, verse 22, was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the the king, true, O king, he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes and governors and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed upon nor, nor the smell of fire had passed upon them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own God. Now, it, it's so much in this, this passage of Scripture, but I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then I'm just going to jump right into it uh, this morning. Uh, to make sure that we do everything in a timely fashion. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, I need you. I need your presence. I ask, Lord, that please you fill me. Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. And Lord, God, I ask you, please, to go through this room and touch hearts and minds even now that you'd bring clarity to what I'm going to try to teach in, in my weakness in humanity. Father, our land needs you, but we as individuals, we need you today. We need to hear from heaven. So Spirit of God, speak through me that, that your truth might be known. I yield myself to thee in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a very heavy thing, honestly, to stand and preach the Word of God. And that's why, as you've known me for these basically four months, some of you for a little bit longer than that, as I came as an interim before I became pastor, you know that, uh, that I don't like to preach any message without once again asking the Spirit of God to work because there's nothing a man can do. But God can speak this morning. But this is a very well-known story by even the most casual churchgoer. Most kids have ever been in church much at all, been in Sunday school a little bit at all. Uh, They know know the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's a story told to children of the great power and protection of of Almighty God in the most severe and dangerous of situations. Trying to get them early in, in life to understand that God will take care of you, but, but you got to stand for him. And of course, that's a great truth right now, and and I, I want to challenge all of you. No matter what faces our nation faces, if we'll stand for God, he will stand with us. But as I was looking at this story, I looked at these names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and a- 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 Bednego is actually the way it's, it's written and, and uh, just... Uh, but you look at these these names and the real names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And what I did was I went and just again, just very quickly looked up the definitions of the names. Hananiah means God has favored. Now this is going to be important, I think, later on, but God has favored. Mishael is who is what God is. I love that name. Who is what God is Michelle is, is his name to say look I want you to be who God is so I want you Michelle to be what God is and then Azariah means Jehovah has helped Jehovah has helped these are young men that would live up to their names as they face captivity and persecution the story is this Nebuchadnezzar has built an image and that image is is 90 feet high and nine feet wide uh now when you first think of that image now that's that's one you know we believe it to be and uh, a a statue of Nebuchadnezzar himself but if it's 90 feet high and nine foot wide that's one skinny dude you know I mean he must he, he was on some sort of diet program but but uh but it's 90 feet, but now most of them, as I read about it, they think that, that probably the first portion was a pedestal, and then, you know, so they gave a little bit more proportionate size to him. And they believe that it was gold overlaid wood, more than likely. You, you really don't know. Nebuchadnezzar could have had all the gold in the world to, to make a solid gold statue, but that's probably not what took place. But nevertheless, what this does, this depicts that the world and the, the sin and the world... At that time, and truthfully, it's still today the same thing. And here's what it is. It's the worship of wealth and the worship of self. That's what it comes down to. Nebuchadnezzar, is worshiping. He, he's got an image of himself, and it's all gold. And it's just, it's nothing more than the worship of wealth and the worship of self. We see this today. I mean, if you've got money, then you can do most anything. And if you, you know, people of money, they can kind of, whether it's because they can hire greater lawyers or whatever, but they can kind of get away with anything. And I, and I hate to be that, you know, cynical, but the truth is world hasn't changed and therefore mankind worships wealth and self. And so we're still at the same place today. The height of this thing, I believe, is, and this is all a little bit foundational, so bear with me for a minute. I might think of something humorous to wake you up and here in just a minute. But, uh, but the worship of wealth and gold and the worship of self and the statue, but then you have the height. The height being extreme reveals how extreme the worship of wealth and self really is. I mean, it is, it is amazing because... Truth, truthfully that's that's the way it is the more you got the more you they worship themselves And somehow they think somehow i made all this happen and i am wonderful and i am great and they set themselves up that's you know used to when you when you had a president elected they went to a convention and somebody came along and said you know what all of us want you to be president And he says, whoa, whoa, time out now. I just come from the country. I don't need to do that. That's not me. But that's what they did. They all rallied around a guy and said, man, whether you want you or not, we need you. No, they didn't say you. Uh, No. No, we need you. But now today, you know what it is? You got guys standing up everywhere going, you need me. Yeah, that's right. Well, truthfully, that's almost an elimination of them right there. Because of the pride. The greatest truth of this passage is, of course, though, the 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 faith and courage of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's incredible faith and courage. I mean, it's one thing right now for us to all gather together and say we're going to stand for God. But boy, when when they're just when they're heating the furnace and you still say I'm standing for God, that's that's a lot of faith. That's a lot of courage. Faith that said, I believe God, whether he delivers me or not. Courage that said, we will stand on that faith even when it sends us into apparent destruction. I prayed last night as I walked, and I said, Dear God, please help me to have the courage and the grace to stand when the time comes to truly stand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. You know, when I read that, I, I kind of think what they're really saying is, either way, we're going to deliver it out of your hand. It says, you know, our, our God uh, is able he said, our God is able to deliver us. But then, he, then, then they say, and he will deliver us out of your hand. So they're saying, okay, if you throw us in there and we live, we're delivered out of your hand. If you throw us in there and we die, we're delivered out of your hand. And, you know, that's kind of the way we got to face this thing. Guess what, folks? Nobody's getting out of this thing alive. Okay, so it's just a matter of when. And I, I think, you know going to heaven, being with God, we get delivered. The great courage allowed us all to see is, uh, we, as you had this great courage, and they had this incredible courage, now that allows us to see an incredible deliverance. And it's only in the courage to stand for God that we see the deliverance of God. Now, all this is both incredible and inspirational, but now I want you to see what I believe is the subtle amazing truth in this now, I want you to go to verse 25 look back at verse 25 and as soon as I start to read this you'll think it's what we commonly preach the fourth man It's even songs written about the fourth man in the fire but I want you to look it says he answered and said lo I see four men but here's the key word I want you to look at loose you remember? They were bound and thrown into fire. He said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, in the fire, there was a fourth man. Amen? And thank you. In every fire we go into as a Christian, there's always a, the fourth man. He's always there. God's always present. We just got to recognize it. But Nebuchadnezzar... Uh, said he was like the son of God. And and I I don't know what his appearance was, how it was different from the others. Uh, We don't really know, but there was such a difference that Nebuchadnezzar saw a great and obvious difference between the three and this one. Because he said this one looks like the son of God. When by faith we face the trials this world brings before us, it is so wonderful that we know that God is with us. When we face the trials, we can know, that's when we truly know God's presence. Again, all this truth and illustration of God's protection and provision is wonderful, but there's still a subtle nugget hiding amongst the passage. Nebuchadnezzar said, did not we throw three men in Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Listen, their clothing had not burnt. The scripture teaches us that. So they, nothing had burnt. They did not even have the smell of smoke on them. They were bound when they were thrown in the fire, but now they're loose and walking in the fire. now to me this is an amazing truth god did not just protect them from the fire listen to this he set them free from their bondage while in the fire a fourth man appeared in the fire not only to spare them but to loose them from the bondage when we walk in the fire with god we may be like these three for they were listen this, this is incredible they were content to stay in the fire. You know, most of us, we go through a trial and, and something really comes a, our way and a tragedy or something that's really oppressive that comes upon us. And all, we, you know, we, need, we, want, we want God to get us out. Get this off of me. Set me free. Here's what's so amazing about this story. God came when the fire was so intense Though they were in the burning fire furnace, God came, he loosed them and set them free. But watch this, they didn't even leave. Yeah. Folks, when you're in the fire with God, that's still good. Yeah. Hey, they walked, What? it's just amazing to me. The scripture says that they, he saw four men Wow, we got four men here. Okay, stand up, fellas. Four men. And one looked like the son of God. <laughs> right. Did you know the son of God was bald headed? Now four men, and then when they got these three got thrown in, I don't know what the fourth man untied them. I don't know how it happened, but bless God, now, watch this. The scripture says they're walking around in the fire. It says he just sees them walking around. You know what they're doing? They're walking around talking to Jesus. In the fire. Anybody catch? Where are they? They're in the fire. Now, wait a minute. If somebody untied me in the fire and I ain't burned up yet, I'm coming out of there. I'm just, I'm leaving right now. And they're walking around. This is so amazing, folks. Even in the trials of life, the fire, fiery trials, God can be so present that you're not even worried about getting out of it. Amen. You're not worried about escaping it. Why would they want to? Look who they're walking with. Right. <laughs> 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 Why would they want to leave? Have you ever been, and I hate to even put it this way, I wish it happened to me more, but you ever been alone, praying, talking to God and all of a sudden you suddenly feel his presence where you just feel like oh my goodness and sometimes when I walk and pray and I'll be back and I I have to tell my wife I just I just feel like maybe I, I wouldn't connect him with God there's some times when I've been out walking before to pray. And I've been out a long time. I just don't want to come in. I keep looking for another corner to turn to keep going away. Because once you find him, you don't want to leave. But I want you to see what what it took for them to find him. When they were bound, they were under the attack of Nebuchadnezzar and he was telling them, this is what I'm going to do to you. And then he has the people take them and tie them up. Folks, that's most of us when we, most of the trials we're going through. And, And can I tell you, at that point, It doesn't, there's no fourth man there. They don't say they see Jesus. No, they don't see him until they're in the worst possible situation. I'm just telling you, whatever you're going through, when he really is needed to unloose you, he'll show up. He'll be there. Y'all can sit down. Do you understand that these men were enjoying being with God so much in the fire that they had to be called out of the fire? It comes to a point Nebuchadnezzar finally says, hey, y'all, come on out. What's going on? It's a a wonder Nebuchadnezzar didn't say, can I come in? Because apparently you're just enjoying yourself. Did you read the scripture we just read through it? He says, "Hey, come out of here, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come on out here." That's amazing. They had to be called out of the fire. Satan has taken many of us through the fire. Satan always tries to bind us before the trial of the fire. We just studied about Isaac, those who were in my Sunday school class, and we see the same illustration. He was bound, and then he is laid upon the altar, so to speak, the fire. Before God reveals himself, listen, a lot of us are going to seem like we're bound. A lot of us are going to seem like it's gotten so much that, God, what can I do? God, I don't see that thing. I can go on. God, what, how much more can I take? You see, he binds us. Satan binds us with lies, he binds us with hurts. He binds us with, uh, with losses. He binds us with bitterness. He binds us with anger. He binds us with depression. He binds us with regret. And he just gets us all tied up. He binds us with fear. Can I tell you, a whole lot of people right now are bound up in fear. I'm going to just beg you, try to back off the news. Try to back away from it because it's binding way too many people with fear. And fear is not of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear. But when, we, when he's got us good uh, tied up good and tight with all these things, with the fear and with the bitterness, with the depression, with the re- regret, with the hurt, when he does that, Then he throws us in the fire, the fire of illness, the fire of overwhelming loss. He brings the fire of conflict. He brings the fire of attack. He brings the fire of cancer. He brings the fire of of heart disease. He brings the attack upon you. And all of us just, we're we so bound and we haven't seen Jesus and we get so discouraged. But I'm telling you, if you're in the fire, Jesus will come. Please notice that they were bound, entering into the fire, but it is the right faith, right attitude, right determination in the fire that brought them to being loose and set free. They are set free to walk and talk with the Lord in the midst of the fire. We only see victory, as, This here's our problem, we only see victory as victory when we escape the fire. But the victory came for them in the fire. How do we see victory in the fire? I'm going to give you just some simple points real quickly. Number one, have a walk with God before the the attack. These young men were known as men of God before the internet. Remember their names? You see, number two, and this is so very important, and you see this in this passage, have friends that have a walk with God and will stand with you. Amen. Have friends that will stand beside you and encourage you. Think about this now. If we just take Michelle, I'm I'm sorry. Take Hananiah. He says Hananai means God has favored. Which truly, is a child of God, that applies to everybody in this room. If you're born again child of God, and the truth is, God wants everybody to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. But God has favored you. Now, what does this this person who God has favored, what does he need in the time of trial? What he needs is he needs a Michelle, who is what God is. You know what he needs? You know what every one of us needs? And some of you right now, you're going through some fiery trials. You're going through some struggles. We've got some incredibly wonderful people, the Cummins and Hansons, both the... Both those couples are so sick and going through so much with cancers and diseases and sicknesses. They're going through so much. And can I tell you, going, going through a fiery trial, you know who, who they need right now? They need a Michelle, one who is what God is. Somebody, they need somebody else that will stand beside them and say, you're not in this alone. We're with you. You notice that, that three of them went in there together? You say, well, what about Daniel when he went to Lion's Den? You know what? There are a few Daniels in this old world, but most of us need somebody to encourage us. Most of us need somebody just to say it's going to be okay. And most of us need somebody to say, you know what? I believe it's going to be okay so much, I'll go through it with you. I'm standing with you. And most of us need, and Azariah, Jehovah has help. Most of us need somebody who God has helped, who knows how to get God to help you know what and it says a threefold cord is not easily broken so you know what we all need to do we need to have at least one on each arm so we can all lock arms and hold each other up yeah. we need a counselor an encourager a helper a prayer partner a friend who will stand beside you even uh, uh even through the the, the the most fiery trial. And number four these who support you and whom you support need to be headed the same direction of faith that you're headed you know, every one of these young men was willing they all said together God will deliver us but if not we're, we're still we're not gonna serve those other gods they're all going the same direction we need to not be unequally yoked when we face this battle and number five have a have a faith that has feet amen you need a friend that has faith that has feet, and that means you allow your faith to be tested. They were loose and walking together with the fourth man. I'm gonna just give you an illustration, and we're about done. They're gonna hopefully be done a few minutes early. But and this will be a little bit tough for me, so bear with me. But we've prayed so much for my children over in Africa, Mike and Brooke, and they. I, keep, I say we pray so much for them because I keep bringing them up because it seems like they've gone through one attack after another. It's just attack from without, attack from within, just, just attack after attack. A few weeks ago, my son-in-law was a little discouraged by the constant attacks. But most of all, he was discouraged because his words were, he said, I'm struggling to see God in it all. And you have to know, Michael, he's a young man that walks with God. But he said, he called me and he said, Dad, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting weary and I'm getting discouraged. He said, I'm, I'm struggling to see God. He called me. For he calls me his counselor. My wife and I are are their encouragers. But I'm also Michael's prayer partner. He believes that if we will join together in prayer, that God will do most anything. As I was talking to him, I told him about the fourth man in the fire. And here's what he asked me. He said, Dad, do you think that they could see him in the fire? It says Nebuchadnezzar saw him. He said, but could they see him? And When he said that, I knew what he was saying. He was saying, I'm in the fire, but I'm not seeing him. I now know that they saw him because they walked with him when he loosed them from their bonds. They did not see him when they were bound. They did not see him when they stood before the wicked authorities. They saw him in the fire, for they were loosed and set free in the fire. They even had to be called out of the fire. It appears to me they were enjoying the fellowship of the fire so much they might have just stayed. Recently, Mike went from the attacks to the fire. He thought he was in the fire, but he was just under attack. But Mike and Brooke recently went into the fire. While we were gone, of course, and and right before we left, we found that he had the, the worst form of malaria that you could have cerebral malaria, which attacks the organs. Brooke told us, she waited days to tell us, but she told us that they brought their 13-year-old son and then said to him and explained to him what he must do as he was going to take his daddy to what they call a hospital near the village. Brooke had to stay away, couldn't even go with him, had to stay with the young boys there at the home. And the 13-year-old son took his daddy to the hospital, but they told him and gave him instructions what to do if his daddy died in the hospital. She sent us a picture of what came out of Michael. I hate to say it, but but his kidneys were so bad it looked like oil. On Monday night, while we were at this family camp, Joe, Beth and I went to bed that night with all the reports, not knowing whether we would have a son-in-law in the morning, whether he'd be alive. We'd ask people to pray all over this nation. Numerous people tell us that they woke Monday night some many times during the night, and prayed. We woke. Joe Beth woke, didn't sleep hardly at all, kept waking and praying. Folks, the fire is pretty intense right now. You got a family of five young boys in Africa. You're separated because you can't even be together. There's no way to... You got a 13 year old son that's just suddenly had to become an absolute man and take care of his father. There's no food in a hospital over there. They don't provide food. They don't do most of the treatment, most of the care was having to be done by that 13 year old boy. Had to go out into the village or out into the streets to try to find some kind of food to bring back in. But on Monday night, we all went to bed and we weren't sure we would see or hear that he was alive on Tuesday morning. Brooke said that Mike was in severe pain, incredible pain as, as his body was being racked by this. There's a 50% fatality rate to this type of malaria. He was in such pain, he couldn't rest. He couldn't open his eyes because the pain would intensify if he even opened his eyes. But for some reason, about 4 a.m., he fell asleep. And three hours later, which would have been about two, between two and three o'clock our time when Joe Beth woke up to pray and many people across the country woke up to pray I woke up about 3.30 to pray. Michael woke up and said when he woke up and opened his eyes, he knew immediately something was different. You see, he had a threefold cord praying for him. And while he slept those three hours, he was set loose and set free. You can believe it or not, but probably less than five hours later, he was at home. They wanted to keep him, and he said, I'll get better rest at home. Can I just go home? And they sent him home with some some medicine and the last picture that we got him, they said he's still having some headaches and still having some things, but he just looked like himself again. He was set free, but he wasn't set free until the fire. He didn't, he'd been seeking to see God in the attacks and the battle and the hardship, but he didn't see God. Until he was in the fire. What happens, the devil wants to discourage us and tell us, okay, if they're gonna if, if everything, if your God's so weak that he's gonna let them throw you into fire, why trust him? He's not gonna take care of you. And God says, No, that's exactly when I'm gonna show up, when there's nothing more you can do when it's out of your hands. He said, that's when I'm going to show up. So whatever fire you're going through, whatever trial you're going through, and there's a lot of people, and I say again, a lot of people going through a lot of heartache right now and a lot of fears and a lot of anxieties, but that's the devil's bondage. He's tying you up right now. But if we don't, Keep going with God and keep following the Lord. We're never going to be set free from that bondage, but to keep following the Lord, it may mean we have to go into a hotter fire before we are set free. But if you'll walk with God into the fire, you'll walk with God out of the fire. You said, but I didn't see him going in. Yeah, but he was still there. He just revealed himself in the fire. Are you being bound or in bondage today? Are you in the fire today? Don't fear the fire. God reveals himself in the fire. You'll find freedom in the fire. So whatever the struggle is, God will take care of you. Wouldn't you love to have that kind of God? Sadly, most of the world today is rejecting him, but he's the very one that they need in this kind of trying time in this world. Amen. And it just may be that this, what we go through is might be what God's having to do to America to, just to break us down to need God again. Amen. It just may be that some of us may just have to get cast into the fiery furnace in order that others will be revealed. It'll be revealed to others that God will show up in the fire. But if you've never trusted Christ, I'm just telling you, you don't want to enter into that fire without him. You say, but you said you couldn't see him. The fact that he couldn't see him doesn't mean he wasn't there. He revealed himself to them. He came clear to them. If I could bring Mike here today, this morning, can I tell you, I just guarantee you, he would look at you and say, I saw God clearer than I've ever seen when I opened my eyes after he had set me free in the fire. If you never trusted Christ, I beg you, please. You need him today. We all need him. Because none of us are going to escape the fire. Being bound and thrown into the fire, it comes for everyone. And truthfully, for Christians, it's coming more and more. Father, I ask you to bless, Lord Jesus,